Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Joel Camilleri. How are you, mate? Doing good, man. Just uh, relaxing. Got got training tonight, so... Uh, all good, mate. Yeah. I appreciate your time, my friend. You're a busy man. That's all right. Charm, man. We've tried this twice. We've had some te- technical difficulties, but here <laughs> we are. So uh, I'm feeling good about this. That's so, good. Um, yeah, man. So let's start that again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to Mr. Joel Kamakeo Camilleri, originally from Melbourne, now living in Brisbane, uh, former super, Australian super welterweight champion with an impressive fight record and going for a title shot soon. And we're going to have a happy chat, man. How the hell are you, champ? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good, man. I just uh, arrived in Melbourne uh, yesterday, man. So down here for a bit. I've got about five or six flights in the next three weeks. So Holy. Um, looking forward to it, but also not looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, man. How's it all treating you with the flights and with everything that's going on? Is it all a, a little bit smoother of late or is it still pretty hectic? Uh, well, even going down to the shopping centre down here in Melbourne, like the masks are compulsory. Um, right. So, you know, you get to Brisbane, it's all clear. Then you go to Melbourne, you got to wear the mask. Go to Sydney, it's not too bad. Like, yeah, yeah it's a bit of a, a mess around, man. Not just the bloody the weather, but also this COVID situation. Yeah, it's pretty weird, isn't it? Especially like up here in Brisbane, like as you know, like it, it feels like we're in this little bubble compared to the rest of the world. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. They're saying it's because of the weather, but yeah, I don't know, man. There's a few things said about it, but all I yeah. hope is that everything clears up and everything is yeah, normal soon. Absolutely, man. So, um, yeah, man. So let, let's have a chat about about you and about the the happy things you do, man. I mean, you're you're an impressive. Um, human being man like you you work hard you train hard and you you really put yourself out there to the people man and as we were talking a bit earlier um you know you you've had the fights you've had you've um you you train religiously and but you still make the time to put yourself out there on social media and um you, you make yourself very personable to uh all the people around you sponsors and people in general and i think that's um that's a very rare quality in a human man so props to you yeah it's uh it's a part of the job um you know pro boxing is my full-time job uh, right now um you know i was I was a school teacher secondary school teacher for five and a half years and i was doing wow. juggling both of them um but you know part of the sport is uh promoting yourself and getting the support from everyone else because in reality people don't see behind the scenes that if you can't sell tickets at the start then you're not getting fights and if you're not getting fights you're not climbing the ratings so it's about getting out there speaking to everyone get as much support as i can which leads to my career progressing pretty much absolutely yeah you, and you're doing really well man um you know again props to you man you you've um you've really come along uh and your spirit is just so is so humble and so uh, positive, man. It's it's really cool um, that like again, you know, like anytime you're at the gym, at uh, you know, shout out to Dundee's gym. Uh, a- anytime you're there, you always make time to say good day to every person that's there. It's um, I don't know, I, I find that a very rare quality. So yeah, yeah, I think um, I think a person's pretty much a, re- a reflection of their of their parents and their family. And I've got I've got a good fam, and they've always taught me yeah respect and um just yeah. remember where you came from absolutely man yeah and, and how was it uh for you juggling being a school teacher and a boxer like how, how'd you explain to kids the next day if you ever came in with say a, a black eye or a couple yeah. little grazes on the face was that always a bit of a you know had to juggle things around to get um, around that one 
not really, because um, I don't know. I've always since I've been a boxer, I've always promoted myself quite well. Um, so a lot of the kids in, in my area where I was working, a lot of their uncles and parents and that were all like friends of mine. Yeah. So a lot of people would know about me being a boxer, and they tell their friends. And kids speak pretty quickly, and they speak a lot. So, but a few times I rock up to schools with black eyes and cuts and that, but um. Yeah, they'd soon, soon find out I was a boxer and they'd research my name and uh, next thing you know, they'd, they'd know more about me than most of my friends did. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so I get, I guess with, you know, getting into it with boxing, um, you know, what was there a, a trigger, like a, a moment that really sort of sparked that idea in your head of, hey, man, I, I really want to be a boxer when I grow up? Um, I've been asked this quite a few times. I've had um, mm. some time to kind of reflect and just try to mm. get an understanding of what made me get into boxing. And my yeah. mum, growing up, well, while I was growing up, always had me like doing karate, going in the garage with her, putting boxing gloves on. At, at like you know, dress up parties, she'd have me at one years old dressed in boxing gloves. Um, you know, one two years old. I think growing up, I had that kind of uh, mentality that I wanted to stand out. Um, yep. I started hating team sports. I was a goalkeeper in soccer and I used to, oh, I, was, I was a gun, like I was pretty good. And everyone knew yeah. me as that, that goalkeeper that stood out. But yeah. the day if I copped the goals because my defense wasn't working right, um, I'd cop the blame. So um, that kind of led to me wanting to start an individual sport. Mm-hmm. And then um, growing up, I was also wanting to be the tough kid because I was smart yep. in school. So everyone thought the smart kid was never tough. And um, mm. we, one thing led to another, and I was known as a kid who could take punches to the stomach, elbows, knees. And when I, I couldn't go anywhere in the Western suburbs, like the pools or whatever, without having like 20 people lining me up, punching me in the gut, bare fist, knees, elbows. Not once did I go down. Um, wow. So that led to all my friends. I knew everyone from the area. They come to my house. We put the gloves on. We'd fight. And after we'd order a kebab or a pizza. And, um, that led to one kid just proud saying to me, mate, like, you're tough as nails. Come down to the kickboxing gym and let's um, see how you go. And so I went, I'd done Muay Thai for a year and a half before starting boxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and, yeah and, and do you find, do you, find uh, you get nerves before you jump into the ring? Like, do, do you get those sort of pre-fight nerves and stuff? I think every single person in the world um, going into a fight or a match gets nerves. Mm. Um, it's more about just how you uh, handle your nerves and how you cope with it and what you do with yeah. it. So I know I'm going to get nervous. I know what's going to happen, but I've learned the way to handle it, how to think, and like you know, my thought process going or before the fight and going into the ring. And because I've got the expectations of getting nervous, I know how to handle it a bit better. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. And what, um, getting into your boxing and stuff, like, um, you know, with, you know, things that make us happy and stuff, like, when, when you're in the training zone and stuff, is there a particular element of boxing that really just just brings things full sync, uh, full circle for you mentally and, and always takes you back to just a, a really cool place in your mind? Um, you know what? The thing that motivates me is my goals. Um, yeah. I encourage everyone to just keep setting goals every day, no matter what you achieve. Mm-hmm. My goals were, was to win a title. I want, yep. I didn't win my first title for a, a few years into my boxing uh, pro boxing career. Um, 
every morning I wake up and I remind myself why I'm in the gym. So I get to yep. that gym and like right now I've got a fight locked in and it's like, okay, I'm going to win this title. I'm going to climb the ratings and lead to me getting not just a title, but more money in my, in my future. And it's yeah. going to bring me closer to that, that dream of uh, winning a world title. So it's all about my That's, goals. Yeah, set, set, yeah. I'm setting my goals and that motivates me. That's awesome, man. And and I think goals are really important. It, it's what drives us and pushes us to get up every day and just, you know, like carpe diem, man. Seize the seize the day, seize the moment. And yeah. um, I think I think you're definitely doing it, man. And and you are going for a title soon. Um, you want to tell us uh, the title you're going for again? Um, well, I'm fighting for a WBC Australasia Super Welterweight title. Um, so to everyone else is probably like, what's that mean? Um, yep. Uh, well. WBC is the biggest organization in the world in boxing. Uh, it is. So this will get me a top, minimum top 30 rating in the WBC in the world, um, possibly top 20. It'll be around either top 20 or close to the top 20 in the world, WBC. So um, it's a pretty big fight for me, man. That's exciting, man. Yeah. So, so exciting. I, man, I, and, and what's great is that, you know, through your positive uh, spirit and your, your personality, I mean, so... I've noticed more and more people just getting behind you, getting on the Kamakeo tr- uh, train, yeah. and uh, you know it, it's it must be really humbling for you to have that level of support growing behind you, man, and driving you. Yeah, well, you know, a few of my fights have been in the ring, and and um, you're not going too well, and you just hear the people screaming for you. Um, even yeah. before the fights, like uh, you're you're cutting weight, you're training hard, you're trying to keep you know keep motivated, and you realize how many people are supporting you, how many Tickets, yeah. tickets are being bought to your event. So, yeah, the the support I've got, my sponsorships I've got as well, it's um, uh, it's very humbling, but at the same time, um, I've worked hard for it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Good on you. So, uh, is, is there is there a part of training you dread when you uh, do do the deed every day? Like, oh, is there I'm, one thing that you hate? I dread Dundee's pad work, man. Far. <laughs> um, no matter what, no matter what happens, it's it's gonna hurt. Um. But how I get through that is just I know that it's going to lead to me performing better in my fight. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, apart from Dundee's pad work, the hill sprints, I've just re-added into my schedule. Um, right. Those hill sprints just kill you. So the hill sprints and yeah. Dundee's pad work are what I don't look forward to, but I know they're <laughs> going to the, – the, the things you don't look forward to are the ones that usually benefit you the most. Yeah, yeah, and and you've you've come back with uh, from recent trips with a, a certain sense of um, reinvigoration and determination to increase your training regimen, mm-hmm. um, and that was all. Is that safe to say that a lot of that was contributed to your sparring and training with Tim Zoo as well? Yeah, so um, yeah, the sparring I done with him I think about a week or so ago. So for a week yeah. ago now. Um, you know, we got in. I've seen him train. Uh, he'd done 33 rounds of sparring that week. And how he's able Holy to do geez. that is not just his determination. And mm. Just lost audio. Uh, just a little short technical difficulty. But we are talking to Joel Kamikayo. Awesome human being, amazing boxer, and uh, happy to say a good friend as well. Um, so we're just waiting for Joel to come back on the line. I've lost audio with him. Um, not sure if you can hear me or not, but, uh, yeah, 
we're just talking about Tim Zhu at the moment. He's uh, had a fight in the ring with uh, Tim Zhu, and now ever since they've become great friends and um, sparring partners, and I think that's incredible. Um, and welcome back, Joel. How you doing, mate? Good, man. Good. Just uh, getting ready for training, pretty much. Hell yeah, man. Well, I appreciate your time, and I won't hold you up very long. Um, for those tuning in, we just had a little bit of technical difficulties. Um, just like boxing, man, you're going to start out a bit rough. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm pretty new to this, man. So, yeah, you're going to have a couple little bumps and scrapes along the way. But that's part and parcel of the fun. So, thank you so much for uh, coming back and doing this again, mate. No stress, man. I got um, I can do it on, on the move anyway, man. It's all good. Hell yeah. All right. So, um, so we covered a bit of the boxing and the part one segment. So this is kind of the part two. So let's get down into the, we had a really good chat before that unfortunately disappeared into the ether somewhere, <laughs> but we were talking about food yeah. and one of your passions. And um, so there was two things that were very interesting that you spoke about. Uh, the Kamakeo Thick Shake, man. This is oh. this is cool, man. This is cool. So it's probably going to make you hungry again, man. But, um, you know, uh, I, I think this would be a lot more less painful than Dundee's pad work. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So you have a bit of a, a weakness for Thick Shakes. Tell us all about it. Well, it's more ice cream, man. What I think it's the – when you crave something, it's usually what's in the in the food. And um, ice cream is what I, what I crave. It's something sweet. Um when I make my thick shakes, I was saying that I put oh, – I lose the amount of scoops I put in there. Like, I um, the number of scoops. So, I, I usually put, like, three, four scoops to start off with, a bit of milk and some chocolate um, topping, put banana in it. And um, I just keep uh, putting on the milkshake, sort of stir or make, whatever you call it, and I just keep adding in scoops of ice cream until it's that thick that the milkshake maker can't really blend it no more. My God, that sounds just horrifically good. That's, that's just the start of it. Then, I, then I'd usually chuck in, man, whatever biscuits I have. If I have like, if I have chocolate chip biscuits, Anzac biscuits, I'll chuck in chocolate chips. I'll chuck in, no, no matter what, at the end of it, I'll put Maltesers on the top. It doesn't stop. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and as you mentioned before, man, it goes down so good. But oh. the, the next day, that's a different story. Usually, um, the next day is the worst thing but. When you add that much sugar into, oh, well, put it into your mouth that like quickly, yeah. and you just digest that much sugar, um, it makes you feel sick instantly. Yeah, I'll, I'll like sometimes wake up like an, an hour later, and I'll, I'll almost just dry reach. Like if I yeah. if I have that much dairy and sugar, it'll make me dry reach. It'll make anyone dry reach, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Man. And, and you mentioned before, like uh, in our previous chat, that you you um, you've had to, you know, obviously cut a, a lot of um, items from your diet, yeah, um, to just to stay maintain your form and and all the rest of it. Um, but you miss those stick shakes, don't you? You miss. I do. I, I miss them a lot, but it's not just that, man. Like my stomach is so sensitive. I look like mm. bad. They say IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. My my stomach is that sensitive that. It doesn't matter if I have a burger or three pieces of bloody broccoli, my yeah. stomach is going to hurt. So it gets to a point where I'm like, what's the point of having broccoli? I don't even enjoy eating it. I'm not going to eat a burger. I'm going to get the same yeah. reaction anyway. Yeah, that's right, man. Yeah. 
That's crazy. Um, and, and another thing you, you mentioned in our chat was um, kebabs, man. Uh, we were talking about, uh, man, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so devastated we lost that part of the chat. Yeah. But we were talking about how good coffee was in Melbourne yeah. or is in Melbourne. Um, would, you, would, would it be safe to say that Melbourne has the best coffee in Australia? Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Even when I was in Sydney, like, um, the other week, they were saying, man, like, coffee in Melbourne. And I'm like, Sydney's pretty cultural as well. So what I, yeah. bring, what I bring down good food and good coffee to is pretty much culture. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more culture in Sydney and Melbourne than there is in Brisbane, which, you know, it can be a good thing in some ways and a bad thing in other ways. But the food and coffee in Melbourne is just unbelievable, man. Like, yeah, I come down yesterday and yeah, the first thing I'd done was get a coffee and it just reminded me how much... I miss the coffee in Melbourne. Yeah, I bet, man. Yeah. It's yeah, I, I I have nothing but good memories of uh coffee in Melbourne, man. It's just incredible. And then there's the other side to it, the kebabs. Yes, the kebabs. So this this was the part that made me really want to just revisit the conversation because I'm so cut we missed this, but you have an amazing story to tell about a kebab that you ate and it wasn't just any kebab. No. Nah. It was like, it sounds like the mother of kebabs. Well, it was at a place um, in Broadmeadows, um, yeah. which is like northern suburbs of Melbourne. Um, and what I would do is I'd, you go there and you order a full bread kebab. It's about, I was saying, once I, um, once I send you the photo, you'll see. Yeah. It goes from the top of my head down to my knees. So Holy Jesus. It's a good, oh, it's close to a meter, I'd say, or a meter. Um, and it's just like I got a mixed kebab, so it was just chicken, lamb, lettuce, garlic sauce. So you have a barbecue sauce as well. Um, and the guy, when I ordered it, the guy goes, "This is to share." I'm like, "Nah, it's for me." He goes, "What do you mean?" <laughs> he, I go, "It's a challenge." He goes, "You want, you won't do it." I'm like, "Okay." So yeah, as I was eating the kebab, I was down to, I was smashing it, man. I was down like to uh, one third left in. A matter of five to ten minutes, like max, and um, then I hit the table. I just like, oh, I hit the wall. I actually literally like fell on the table. I was like, man, I'm, I'm done. And the guy knocked on the window and said, like, he kind of, um, kind of whispered it, not whispered. I could see, I could read his voice, and I, I could just see him saying, "I told you," and I'm like, <laughs> oh. And then my mate turns to me, and goes, "Mate, you know, let him tell you what to do. You're not going to finish it. It's your last round, your last round. Get through it." So. I literally take one bite back to the table. One bite back to the table until I finish it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I'm the only one so far that's been in my presence that has finished that kebab. So it'd be safe to say you you, uh, you hold the title, man. You, you hold the title of that, that infamous kebab. I hold the title that's been proven, that people have seen happen. I've had friends yeah. say, oh, man, I'll smell. I've done it before. Easy. I've done it three, four times. But mm. two people who said it, I went down with them and we ate the kebab and they got through about three, uh, two thirds of it and then yep. that's it, they're done. Wow. Not for the faint hearted, man. No. So I would, I would probably call that the, the Kamakeo kebab, man, for sure. That's, you, you conquered it. That's the Kama kebab, mate. Yeah, man, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm just trying to, uh, yeah, man, kebabs, coffee. Food, food's just great, isn't it? It's, it's just the best. It's good, man. Um, and the thing is, when people 
finished an event or they accomplished something that they've been working so hard towards, they all think they all think um, alcohol, partying. Mm. Yeah. You no, know, um, yeah. Know, party. The only thing I want after a win or after a fight is to eat food. And in our previous chat, you did mention this, and I want to get back into this again real quick. Um, sorry to hold you up, but uh, you mentioned we were talking about, you know, you, you had a, a famous uh, title match with Tim Zhu. Yeah. Now you're great buddies, sparring partners and stuff. But we also asked the question, Tim Zhu versus Joel Kamakeo Cam- Camilleri yeah. in an eating contest. Your your answer was quite intriguing. I, tell? I think I win hands down. Um yeah, he's, a, he's actually a bigger guy than me, but we went to yeah the peanut butter bar in um, in Sydney, and we had these like um, pancakes, cookies, ice cream, and fig shakes and that. And I definitely ate more. And even he looked at me and goes, "Wow, oh, you can eat, man!" And I'm like, "Yeah, I can." So I think I'll definitely win that win that battle. But something about Tim, mm. Tim what I realized in our fight, and even training with him that. He's so mentally strong, so it would be yeah. a battle of the battle of the minds in this food contest. Absolutely, and um, yeah, he's definitely definitely a determined figure. So I mean, I guess that's what brings you guys together so well. It's just that um, that sense of drive and determination, and yeah, it just generates nothing but love and respect between yourselves. Would you agree? Yeah, hundred percent. We're both um, hungry and motivated athletes who um, want to get to the top. So. Yeah, when we get together, it's just it's a battle, man. It's a chess match. That's right. And however, but I mean, as as great and driven as you you both are, I, I think I'd have to mention that the 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 ultimate monster that I don't think even the two of you even teamed up combined could defeat would be the the power that is Dundee Kim, <laughs> uh, trainer trainer of the greats. Um, yeah, would you? It, you've mentioned that he's a quite the eating machine. Yeah, he's a I don't know, man. He's crazy. When I was saying when I went to a uh, buffet restaurant with him, and um, after a weigh-in yeah. that my mate had, uh, Gabrielle, he was fighting under him. He um, he literally was he ate. I don't know, man. Like at least thirty oysters and prawns, and at least thirty prawns. I'm not even exaggerating. It could be more. Mm. Um, yeah. And he kept eating and eating and eating, and I wasn't sure if it was because he. Loved it so much, or he's just trying to get his money's worth. I'm pretty sure it's still the money's worth because he just kept eating. Like, yeah, it ends up being like, I don't know, like 70, 80 bucks a head. Um, wow. And he was just eating. Like, I, I could just tell he wasn't hungry anymore, but he had to get his money's worth. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it's amazing what people can put away. But someone like Dundee, you just see he, the way he operates, man. It's yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. So. He's the most determined person you'll meet in your life. No matter what he does, yeah. he puts it gives his all, and he will accomplish yeah. it. And that, it's incredible, isn't it? It's like um, you know, not I'm I'm not one into the the age thing, but you know, the guy's fifty one. He's already you know excelled in a bodybuilding contest, which he's never done before. Yeah, a, accomplished boxer, accomplished trainer, and now a skydiver as well. It's like the man just proves there's no limitations in life. And he's also doing a Pilates course now, right now, to teach Pilates. Holy jeez. Yeah. He just gets ideas. So one thing, yeah. one thing about Dundee, which is great, is he he's, has to set himself goals to keep to stay motivated. And that's one thing yeah. I can say for people to um to stay motivated is just keep setting goals. No matter how crazy the yeah. goal is, 
you set yourself a challenge. And once mm. you achieve that challenge, you set yourself another challenge. So there's never an end. There's never an end goal. Yeah. There's maybe an, an end goal for that certain, like that certain thing you're trying to achieve. But there's never a goal you want to achieve, and then you're happy with that. No. Yeah, and 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 that's so true, man. And um, you know, it, it, that's what life's all about. It's it's about that having that dream, that desire, that um, passion to do what you love, and and you're doing it, man, which is fantastic. And again, you know, congrats to you, man. You you live in the dream right now. You're you know professional boxer going for a title, potentially going to be you know in the world rankings. Yeah. Um, for greater things to come, man, and um, it's exciting. But um, but what you have to go through to get there is, you know, incredible. And um, if I, Dundee's pad work. Yeah, if I what I say to people is, everyone always turns to me and says, "Joel, listen, I, oh, you're so lucky. You're living your dream. You know how good is that? You're traveling here. You don't, yeah. you don't have to work. And that's the worst thing yeah. I've ever heard in my life. Because you know what? If I if I had to offer everyone everything I've been through to get to where I am today. Mm. Um, one in maybe, I can't even say a number, one in like 100,000 would take that. Because yeah, that's right. I've had things from my, from my nose snapped to not being able to drink at my 21st, to missing out on relationships, to not being my mates, to missing my brother's bucks um, night, to now having to, because I had a fight planned in, in uh, America, I had to step yeah. down from his wedding and I was in his groom, I was one of his groomsmen. And then we found mm. out the American Fire's not happening no more. So now I'm not a groomsman. So like you miss out on these kind of things that you'll never get back in your life. Yeah. So if you lay that in front of somebody and say, this is what you got to do. This is what food you got to cut out. This is the kind of event you got to miss out on. I'm telling you now, I'd be very, very surprised if more than one out of 100,000 people take that route. Absolutely, yeah. man. And it, it's, it's, it's the truth. I mean, you know, as a musician myself, man, you know, it's, it's sacrifice is such a huge part of what we do. Yeah. And it's funny the parallels with what you do, but I mean, yours is on a much more deeper physical and emotional level, yeah. but, um, you know, but that's what you've got to do in life, isn't it? You've really just got to go to, you, you've got to ask yourself every day, how bad do I want this? It's yeah, it's, that's what it is. My, my mental strength and, um, my belief in myself has always been huge. I don't give up on nothing. Um, you know, without the support I'm receiving from, you know, Dundee, Faris Chevalier and, and Frankie, Peter Maniar is my manager, and also all my sponsors and supporters coming to my fight, then yeah, I'm not saying I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't do what I'm doing right now and train full-time, which is, I think, a mm. requirement to become a world champion. Um, Absolutely. But without these guys, man, it'll be almost impossible. So I've got to really give a lot of credit to um, all those supporting me as well. Absolutely, man, and it it, it um, shows in space of what you're doing, man. Like it, like it's, I've said this probably a couple of times before, man. Your your presence on social media, your personal connection with people in the gym, everything like that. It's just it's just testament to your spirit and the person you are. It, it speaks volumes of you know uh, the great person you are, man. And props to you. You can't man. just be good at what you do. Um, you know, as a whatever you're, you're doing, a musician, a footballer. Mm. A soccer player, yeah. whatever you're doing, you can't just be good at yeah. that. As a professional athlete or performer, you've got to also have the people supporting you. You've got to absolutely. You've got to uh, be just as good outside your event than you are inside it. So for me, it's about advertising myself, keeping everyone entertained. But also, what people get caught up with is becoming that athlete, becoming that yeah. musician. They forget the real person they are. Yes. So what I try to do is literally show people that. I'm a normal human being. I'm no different than anyone else in the world. I'm just chasing my goal and that's what I'm doing. 
Yeah. And you're doing it, man. So good on you. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. And, um, you, you're going for a, a big title very soon. Uh, and that was the WBC Australasia. Australasia. Yes, you were huge, title. Man. Yeah, it's huge because WBC, first of all, is the most recognized organization. In yeah. The world. Anyone that knows boxing knows WBC, yeah. man. It's, yeah, so, it's huge. Not just that, it's, it gets me a top. We're saying top 20 rating in the world, WBC. Defend that. Yeah. It's the top 15 rating in the world. So, you know, I don't yeah. look past my opponent, but I believe in myself and believe in my abilities. And I believe I'm going to go out there put on the performance of my life and I want to stop this guy within the distance but at the end of the day I'm going there to win that belt and it's going to lead me to bigger and better things and mate you've certainly got no shortage of people behind you man so uh, again man we, yeah, we're all behind you mate and bloody best of luck to you yeah I really hope um, you know my first fight in Brisbane I really hope all my supporters and um, friends and fans up in Brisbane and even around Australia can yeah, make it to the event May 15, most likely at Edens Hill Hotel. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to putting on a performance for everyone. It's going to be fantastic, yeah. man. Well, Joel, thanks so much for your time, brother. Um, I won't hold you up. I know you're a busy man off to training and stuff. Um, secretly, but you, you're really training for a rematch with that kebab, aren't you? <laughs> That's going to be – I don't know, man. The thing is, I'm fighting in Brisbane. The kebab's in Melbourne, so I'm going to have to do some yeah. research beforehand and try to find the best and biggest kebab in Brisbane. I think that that's definitely a mission, mate. That's and you're, definitely and you're a mission. joining me, mate. And you better finish oh, it. Oh shit! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> this could this could end badly. <laughs> and you're coming straight with me. All right, mate. Well, thanks for your time, Joel. All the best here, mate. Um, and yeah, man, we're we're all behind you, hundred percent. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thank See you. See you, bro. See you, mate. Bye.